Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on in, Giants fans, to what maybe will be and hopefully will be the first of many of our podcasts here on NJ.com talking about the New York Giants who get close to the NFL draft. Have with us today uh, the stars of this show, Jordan Renan and Nick Powell. They cover the Giants for NJ.com. Guys, how you doing? It's been uh, an interesting offseason so far, and now it's probably about to pick up here over the next couple weeks. Stars. Wow, that's quite an introduction, Joe. I didn't, I didn't expect to be called the star coming into this, but yeah. Well, it's, a, it's the Giants podcast on NJ.com. You guys cover the Giants. You're the stars here. All right. I guess, I guess, I guess that's one way to look at it. But no, I'll hey, it. we got the draft coming up, and uh, yeah, you know, there's plenty it. to talk about. There's plenty of scenarios we've been going through, and I, I think that's, uh, you know, there's, there's some interesting ones out there because that number nine pick is, is sort of a, a crapshoot right now. It certainly is, and you guys had put up a post recently about you know the the history of the number nine pick, and let's start here with you know where the Giants are at now, considering what they did this offseason. You know we know the needs they have going into this draft. What's the ideal situation for them? I and mean, if in their perfect world, in Giants fans' perfect world, the number nine pick comes up, who's sitting there on the board for the Giants to take and, and have a chance to add to this 2015 team? Let's start with Nick. So that, when I was I wrote a post on this last week and it kind of characterized the number nine pick as a bit of like a no man's land spot because there's a good chance that you know if you look at the top eight players in the draft um, and you know keep in mind this is this is who I would consider the top eight players um, guys like James Winston Mariota Leonard Williams Dante Fowler Amari Cooper Kevin White Brandon Scherf. Danny Shelton probably, and I'm, I might miss, I might be missing a couple. Um, those guys could all be off the board by the time the Giants are on the clock. So it kind of leaves them in a position where you're either you're either reaching a little bit for a position of need, or you're kind of taking a flyer on a on a project that you think can develop into you know a real franchise player. Um, you know, I mean, look, I think if either of the top receivers. Amari Cooper or Kevin White are on the board at nine. I, I would be very surprised if Reese took a pass. Um, I think though either of those guys have the potential to grow into a number one receiver. Um, and if you're talking about pairing him with Odell Beckham for the next 10 years, that's pretty enticing. Um, but assuming those guys are off the board, I think it's, again, I think it's a real, like, like Jordan alluded to, it's a crapshoot. I mean, they like Eric Flowers a lot, the Miami offensive tackle. 
Um, you know, do they think he's worth the number nine pick? Possibly. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree at that spot, but um, but you know, I'm not Jerry Reese. I don't have a a scouting background. I'm just going off what I've seen. So that's I th- I think you could you could see it potentially maybe them you know deciding to trade down if they if they're not pleased with whoever's on the board. But I would have to think O lineman or pass rusher at number nine would be the, the the key positions of need. And if there's a receiver on the board, I think just in terms of value, that's the move. Well, here's my dream scenario. Ready? This is this is the way I look at it. Hey, what is the strength of this Giants team right now? Do they really have a strength? The strength is Odell Beckham right now. There's one player essentially. Uh, so my dream scenario, the ideal scenario for the Giants here, is that somehow, some way, Amari Cooper gets down to that nine spot. Then you take Amari Cooper. All of a sudden, this team has an identity. This team has a strength. This team has something they could hang their hat on. This is going to be a passing team. There's some people out there who think that Amari Cooper is in the same class as some of last year's top receivers. So when you consider that some of last year's top receivers, who does that include? That includes Odell Beckham. So if you have two, even a guy who's you know, comparable, even, even in the same stratosphere as Odell Beckham, and you have that alongside Beckham, now you have something where, okay, you know what you're going to get when you play the New York Giants. You know where you're going to go. Look, that offensive lineman that everybody clamoring for could come in the second round. Maybe a guy like Ty Samrilo, a guy from Colorado State, a real solid player. Keep an eye out for that name. But my ideal scenario, you get that wide, you get another playmaker. Look, when you look at the offense right now, the running back crew, okay, it's okay. There's some decent players. You look at the tight end crew. Larry Donnell showed some promise. You look at the wide receivers, it's Odell Beckham. Um, Ruben Randall, who's been okay uh, in one of those spots. I mean, he had a lot of opportunities last year, never really stepped it up to that level where you think he could be a significant player. Uh, Victor Cruz, who's, in my mind, a big crapshoot right now. You, you cross your fingers and hope he can get even somewhere near where he was before, but you really have no idea. So you bring in a, the only real playmaker on this team right now that you can count on that you know is going to be someone who scares the opposition is Odell Beckham. You bring in another receiver, now you have another significant playmaker. And in my opinion, this team still needs playmakers. and, and that, So that's my ideal dream draft scenario. Get Amari Cooper, create a strength of the Giants, and it's in the passing game. I know this is, you know, differing from maybe in the past, but the game has changed. Uh, you know, there aren't many straight running teams in the league anymore. It's a passing game. The game has tilted in that direction, and uh, the Giants are there, and they're they're in an opportunity. If that opportunity comes, they should go in that direction and make that the, the the focal point of this organization and this team. Jordan, when you were talking about uh, Amari Cooper there and kind of hitting a home run and a player you don't expect to be there at nine in a dream scenario, he would be there. It, it got me thinking about when the Giants picked in the top ten and Eli Manning was there and Ernie Acorsi was saying, you know, we don't we don't expect to be in this position often, so we should try to get, you know, a franchise-changing player. Where do you guys sit with that when you're in the top ten? Should you, you know, go away from need and just take a player you think should be great or – I mean, look, we all know the Giants have a need on the offensive line. If there's an offensive lineman there they like and fits, should they take him? I mean, do you draft differently, in your guys' opinion, if you're in the top ten because you don't expect to be there or you don't anticipate being there again soon? Yeah, in my opinion, you got to take 
a guy that you think is going to be the best player, a, a game-changing player two, three years down the line, the way the NFL is right now, you never know where you're going to be in two years. You don't know what Victor Cruz's future is going to be in two years. You don't know where Ruben Randall is going to be next year. Uh, you know, a couple of years back, you would have never guessed the Giants' defensive line. They'd be looking for pass rushers. This league changes so quickly. It's so hard to predict with injuries, um, just with guys flaming out so quickly that you, you really can't make it, – it's hard to plan two, three years down the line of where you're going to be at certain positions. You just need to get guys that you know, especially if you're in that top ten, that you know are going to be difference makers moving forward. What do you think about that, Nick? Do you go offensive lineman? Do you go in need? Or at nine, do you think differently because it's the top ten and you don't expect or want to be back there again? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with Jordan on, on that one. I think you have to get an impact player. Um, if you're going for need, I mean, look, Brandon Scherf can probably – you could probably plug into the offensive line on day one, you know, either a guard or right tackle, and you have you probably have a pretty good player. But, you know, I mean, look, the Giants the, – it's a winner now – type of situation with the Giants right now. You know, Coughlin's on essentially a one-year contract. You know, we don't really know a lot about Jerry Reese's job security right now, but you have to think he's on notice as well. So in that case, you know, you you don't want to be drafting in the top ten next year. You want to get a guy this year that's going to make you significantly better um, in the short term. But the problem is, like I said, at that nine spot, you know, you're you're either kind of playing it safe or you're going for you know, maybe a little bit of a project – um, you know, I think it, it'll be interesting to see if a guy, if guys like Cooper and White are off the board, the two best wide receivers, and say Scherf's off the board. Um, you know, do they like Flowers enough to take him at number nine? Do they maybe go for a guy like Trey Waynes at, at cornerback? You know, the the Prince of Mukamara's in the last year of his deal. Um, they they don't actually have a lot of cornerback depth behind him and Dominique Rogers Cromartie. You know, maybe they maybe they look maybe they go a little bit of a you know more unorthodox route and take a guy like like Waynes from Michigan State, who many have as the top cornerback in the draft. Um, but either way, you need an impact player. Um, you want to you know ideally the Giants want to be drafting in the 20s next year, not in you know the top 15 picks. Um, and you know to do that, they'll need to really shore up the talent on their the, the fringes of their roster. Let's talk pass rushers here for a couple minutes, guys. Then we'll take a couple of Twitter questions before we wrap up our first edition of this podcast. You know, with the Giants, it always seems that a pass rusher is on the peripheral. You know, you, they might take a pass rusher. Jerry Reese loves them. And, you know, with JPP not yet at least signing a long-term deal, there's still a long-term need for a great pass rusher on this defensive line. How do you separate the guys that you've studied so far and seen? You know, sometimes you go into an NFL draft and you just know there's one or two dominant pass rushers. Do we have that this year? Give me someone that you like that could be around when the Giants pick and someone you're a little bit wary of. I know Gregory, the kid from Nebraska, has become that you know typical player used the word bust with maybe because he's already had an issue uh, with uh, getting busted for drugs. But give me a boom, give me a bust, give me pass rushers that you like, you don't like, that the Giants could maybe have their eye on. I'll give you my boom and bust, all right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eliminate Dante Fowler here because I don't think he has any chance really of getting to the Giants. So my boom with the potential of reaching the Giants is Vic Beasley. I really like him. Explosive. Came in, measured at uh, you know 246, put, it up, put on some weight at, at the NFL combine now. I'm not sure he's a 4-3 defensive end. Uh, maybe he can grow into that, but 
He's more of a, of a you know weak side linebacker probably in, in a four three, but an explosive explosive pass rusher. Um, maybe one of the most explosive pass rushers we've seen in the past couple of years. I really just see a lot of potential in him to develop into an absolutely dominant pass rusher. Now look, I know linebacker. You say hey linebacker, he's not he's not a perfect end for the Giants, but Steve Spagnola can make it work. Uh, the, you know. Von Miller's a 4-3 outside, uh, outside linebacker. There are guys out there that they have done it with. Vic Beasley could be that kind of guy. He would just completely change the look of the Giants linebacking core right away just by his insertion into the lineup. All of a sudden you have Devin Kennard, John Beeson in the middle linebacker, cross your fingers, and then Vic Beasley on the weak side. I think you got something there. Now all of a sudden a perceived weakness can turn into a potential strength. So Vic Beasley is my guy, boom. My bus guy, hey, Randy Gregory, the red flags, we know about them. They're all there. Only had seven sacks last year. Four and a half came in two games against Miami and Illinois. There's been durability issues. He's had leg, knee problems. He didn't qualify academically originally getting into Purdue, the marijuana uh, at the combine. I mean, you know you're, you know you're going to get tested to get busted there. Huge red flag for me. To me, the bus guy, it could be Randy Gregory if I had to choose one, no doubt. It's it's him. How about you, Nick? Yeah, for the for the sake of yeah, for for the sake of variety, I'll I'll stray from from Gregory as as the bust. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'll start with my bust pick. Um, I think uh, there there's been Shane Ray has been linked to the Giants in a couple of mock drafts. Um, actually, I like him as a prospect, but I think he'd be a really poor fit for the Giants' defense. I think he's a classic 3-4 outside linebacker. He's a little small to play defensive end in a 4-3. Um, you know, I think if, if, if there's no other pass rushers on the board, maybe they consider him, but I just have to think they'll, they'll take a pass. There's also some questions with Ray about whether he can hold up against the run. Um, the the guy I like who's an interesting prospect who I'm not sure is necessarily worth the number nine pick but could be around a little bit later if they choose to trade down or possibly even um, get into the second round but but there's a good chance he'll be off the board is uh, Alvin Dupree, Bud Dupree from Kentucky. Um, he's a, a 6'4", 270-pound defensive end, outside linebacker. He could play in a 4'3". Um, he's a you know kind of a freakish athlete, 4.540 at the Combine. Uh, really good, you know, really quick first step, um, can play in space. He's, he's you know, good against the run. I think he's a guy that, you know, kind of profiles nicely as, as a, you know, a, a good two-way defensive end next to Jason Pierre-Paul um, and a guy that, you know, could potentially replace Jason Pierre-Paul if he ends up walking after my two guys as far as pass rushers go, my boom bust or bust boom. Guys, let's wrap with this. Uh, a Twitter question. I saw uh, a question that Jordan had received about this podcast. Jam and Jim asked about the safety position, which we've kind of just forgotten about. I mean, no, you guys haven't, but I think Giants fans talking about it have kind of put it on the back burner. They were in on Devin McCourty. Didn't work out. And the safety position after that, you know, a lot of mediocre players got really overpaid. I think if a guy like Ron Parker went to the Chiefs, you don't even know much about him. He got a pretty big deal. Nate Allen got a ton of money from the Raiders. So it's tough to find quality safeties. Do the Giants have enough with internal candidates, or do you expect as we go through this draft here, maybe in the second, third round, they will try to address this uh, with the loss, obviously, of Antro Roll, and they need, they need to fill a safety position, whether internally or with bringing someone in. What do you guys think about the safety position heading into the draft? Jordan, we'll start with you. 
yeah, I mean, this is a, you're like you just scratch your head. And where what is what exactly is the plan right now? Uh, you know, we talk about Stevie Brown. The problem with Stevie Brown right now is that the Giants want to offer a minimum salary. Uh, he played last year. They gave him one year, three million. Now they want to give him, you know, seven hundred forty-five thousand plus the eighty k max signing bonus he gets. So basically, one year, eight hundred twenty-five thousand after giving him one year, three million last year. They're not budging off that. We'll see what happens as we move forward here. But I, I you got to think that they're still going to add in some way, shape, or form, a veteran of some variety. They have zero career starts on their roster at safety. That is just – that seems like suicide going into a season with that in that situation. I, I just don't see how you could possibly do that. It just It's just too risky to go in with zero career starts. So, you know, maybe Nat Berhe and Cooper Taylor at one spot – with some kind of veteran and, and, a, and a, a rookie mid-round draft pick. I mean, they got to address the position in the draft at this point. Uh, they backed themselves into that corner. You don't want to end up in that situation. But to me, second, third, fourth round, I fully expect them to draft a safety, even though this is a, a really, really weak safety class. I wouldn't be surprised to see them look at some kind of cornerback in the draft who they think that they can transition into a safety but, uh, you know, that's a risky move, but they're going to have to make a risky move here because that's the corner they backed themselves into. So I still think Stevie Brown is a possibility. Uh, some, someone of the sort, uh, Miles from uh, the Ravens, something like that. He played for Spags last year. So one of those guys and then uh, a draft pick mid-round and then cross your fingers, hope that Matt Berhey or Cooper Taylor work out as well. And uh, I think that's the way the Giants are going to go on. But, Regardless, it's going to be a big question mark until we see something solidify early in the season. And, and until that point, I don't think you could sleep comfortably. Nick, what do you think about the safety position? You know, do you see? Did you see something last year out of, the, out of those guys that might fill in and might become the guys this year? Or should Giants fans worry about that spot heading into this, you know, draft? Oh no, they should definitely worry. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I look. Matt Burhey didn't really get a chance to, to prove himself on you know on defense much. He, he was a solid special teams player, but you know it's a huge leap to ask this guy to play one of the safety spots. Out of you know probably projects more as a free safety maybe. But um, look, the Giants had a ton of trouble covering tight ends last year, and you know the, you lost one of your best playmakers in the secondary and role, and you know even he took a big step back last year. So you're looking at, like, you know, Jordan outline. You're looking at two inexperienced players um, potentially play, manning the middle of the secondary. That's That's got to, you know, that's got to freak you out if you're playing Rob Gronkowski this year and, and you know, guys like Jason Witten who always have always perform well against the Giants. Um, as far as the draft goes, I, I think Jordan was onto something with, you know, picking a maybe a, a guy who is more of a cornerback in college but they think can trans, can make the transition to – the safety. I mean, you you know, with all the spread offenses this year, you have a ton of three wide receiver, four wide receiver sets, two tight end sets. You need guys that are you know that have the flexibility to you know play up you know closer to the line of scrimmage and press coverage, and then also can you know man the middle of the field. So maybe a guy like Byron Jones for UConn, um, if he lasts into the second round. Maybe a guy like Eric Eric Rowe from Utah, kind of cornerback prospects who played a little bit of free safety in college. Might be interesting picks for the Giants if they want to convert them full time to safety. Um, if you're looking more later, probably like maybe a guy like Demarius Randall, who they've uh, worked out 
um, Arizona State free safety, good playmaker, a little bit soft against the run. Uh, maybe he's an option in the second or third, but it's a thin class. You know, I mean, Landon Collins is the best is the best safety of the bunch, but he's more of a of an in the box guy. So you know, you maybe you maybe stray away from him if he's on the board, but. Um, yeah, they're in trouble at safety. No, no question about it. They need to figure I'm, out something to do. We talked about Bennett Jackson as well. I mean, we, we haven't mentioned his name, but we, I actually talked to him recently. Uh, and you know, we looked at Bennett Jackson, and he's an option there too. Tom Coughlin said that recently. But again, it's that's another crapshoot. We're talking about a guy coming back from microfracture surgery. Uh, yes, he, he says it was a minor on the scale of microfracture surgery. You know, minor in comparison, but. You know, talking a guy who has never really played that position going forward, it's, again, it's just a cross-your-fingers type situation, and you hope that maybe that could turn into something. But to plan on that going into the season is a very big reach. And, uh, you know, right now, all these, everything right now is a big reach because we haven't seen any of them do it on an NFL level consistently in any shape or form, even Cooper Taylor, even Matt Burhey. You know, we're, they're... They're hoping that it could work out, but we, we really don't know. We don't. And if, if this was a, a Twitter response to Jam and Jim, it would be, yes, be worried. Be very worried about this yes, safety position exactly. <laughs> uh, right now. We appreciate the questions. Keep, keep them coming, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this first podcast. We'll do them weekly here heading into the draft, which is just a couple weeks away in Chicago. You guys will be out there. Uh, guys, appreciate you doing this. We'll keep, keep doing it, and hopefully uh, all the Giants fans will uh, be, become a big part of our uh, our Giants podcast here on NJ.com. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Nick. Sounds good. Thanks, Joe. Cool. Be back soon. Thanks for listening, Giants fans.